In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin. And this is episode 114, also known as 114. Yes. <laughs> Straight up. I was just saying beforehand, I was glad I didn't have to say the number this time. Uh-huh. But anyway, you did it very well. Oh, thank you. And let's go back to what that theme is, which is Straight, Straight up. up. This is a Paula Abdul song oh. from the 80s. And in fact, it's kicking off a summer's worth of 80s pop vibes. Yes. We are just committing hard. Mm-hmm. To feeling it, to feeling the songs like this. We thought that your su- our summer needed it. For your sure. Your summer needs it, we're yeah. sure. So yeah. 80s vibes all the way through. 80s That's vibes what all you're the getting. way. In fact, we could even reveal we're inviting Keith yes. back for the summer. Yes. Talk about pop culture. I know you've been you've been wanting to hear from him. Yes. We have, for I sure. I think we're going to talk about some retro pop culture yeah. and some current pop culture. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to, to break down. A lot to unpack. So much to unpack. And with this first song, Straight Up, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all about her just wanting some damn clarity. From, Straight Up, from a From me. a man that may be shady, or maybe she's just, I don't know. I don't know what the real story is, but either mm-hmm. way, she's asking for honesty. Yeah. So I figured this time we could talk about radical honesty. Yes. Just being straight up radical. with anyone around you and you suggest that as a theme what do you think radical honesty means to you like is that different than honesty or Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think so if i'm thinking specifically like relationships like in this song or something Mm -hmm. i think radical honesty is like being honest about who you are being Mm -hmm. honest about like what's important to you and and how you feel and your experiences that kind of stuff i think honesty is different it feels like almost a way to be mean like you know if you say something and then you're like i'm just being honest like it's almost like a Mm -hmm. you know you can't get upset about Mm -hmm. what i just said because i'm being honest so honesty almost feels like lip service yeah in a way you know what i mean agreed yeah 
So I see there's a, a clear demarcation there. That's true. Honesty just feels like it can be weaponized in a way. Yeah. Well, I, I think that the example that you gave, I think you're honest something. It's not honest, it's mean. Yes. And there is a difference mm-hmm. between being honest and being mean. Like even if that's your quote unquote honest opinion, that's mm-hmm. not, I don't feel like that's what people say when they want honesty. That's the thing. And I feel like a lot of people can feel like room to insult then. They can yes. say like, you know, they can say stuff about a person's size. They can say stuff about a person's, you know, whatever. And just be like, what? I'm just being honest. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It, it almost is very close to like, he's just saying what everyone's thinking. Yeah. How do you know what I'm thinking, first yeah. of all? I always hated that. I hate that. Yeah, no, don't. You're letting him be the mouthpiece for us now? And also, if everyone thinks that way, that's scary. scary. But also, it's not true. No, it's not true. <gasps> I agree. It's so not wait, true. Aaron, I got a question for you. Going yeah. back to mm-hmm. Ms. Paula Abdul. Ms. Paula Abdul. What an 80s force, let's oh, say, by the way. Yeah. Started out as choreographer for Janet Jackson. Yes. Miss Nasty. <laughs> Miss Nasty herself. Yes. Uh-huh. And then went on to a stunning pop career. And isn't she on like American Idol or something? She was now? for a she long was? time. Yeah. Okay. Or dance yeah. show. Yeah. Okay. I don't know where she is now, but probably doing something. Probably yeah. doing something cool. Yeah. Yeah. So this song by Paula Abdul, if you listen to it, it feels a little like a, a clinger anthem, you might say. Yeah. Because she is, you know, asking this guy, hey, be honest. But it also doesn't maybe sound like they've been together that long. No. So. And she's like, is it going to be me and you <laughs> <Yeah>. forever? <laughs> forever. Tell me straight up. Are we just having fun? So if you would give advice mm-hmm. to the main character mm-hmm. of this song, what would it be? It's detailed. Okay. First, what I'm going to need you to do yeah. is I'm, I'm going to need you to put everything you can into getting ready. I mean, I want you decked out. I want oh, you glam. Sure. I want you fully dressed. Uh-huh. Okay. Then I want you to go to Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, that was a curveball. Uh-huh. I want you to spend hours there. And when I say hours, I mean nothing short of three. Oh, God. I want you to walk around. I want you to observe. Okay. I want you to really feel what everyone in that place is feeling. Okay. And then when you leave (laughs) and you get in your car, I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and say, do I really want to be with someone? Oh, Do I want where this road is going? Do you want to be in Chuck E. Cheese Mm -hmm. for real? Here in the next few months. And the flow chart goes like this. If okay. you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, yes, I do. Uh-huh. Great. Do you want to be in Chuck E. Cheese for three hours with the person you're asking if mm. it's just fun? Good call. Good call. Yeah. Do you want that person's children with you? Oh, this is getting more and more complicated. Right. Yeah. If you say no, congratulations. Move on. <laughs> You you don't need him to be straight up. Yeah. You figured it out on you your own. You figured it out. Yes. Being alone is great. Being alone is awesome. It's, you're going to leave there and be like, you know what? I'm good. I'm going to go to the library. I'm going to get a book. Yeah. I might get myself a nice coffee and I'm going to go read. Yeah. Or I'm going to go to a movie or I'm going to go get what I want for dinner. And then you're going to realize, listen, I don't even need to sing you a song. I don't even need to know. <laughs> What your thought process yeah, is. Yeah, I realize I don't care. No, because my care. thought process is I'll call you when I want to have some fun. Yeah. We'll see from there. That's an excellent, excellent flow chart of choice. I think so. And I think right from the bat, you talking about getting ready, I was like, I'm done. I don't even want that part of it. No. But yeah. that, but, but you need Spending that, time at yes. Chuck E. Cheese? Good God. I, I want you to go through the motion of doing something that you realize is futile. Yes. You're going to get there and be like, why did I get ready? Yeah. That's... 
Is welcome. that it? Is that what? Welcome to is life. Is that relationships and parenthood right there? Yes. Wow. You're going to do a lot of things that you're like, why did I spend so much time doing yeah. that? Yeah. Man, oh man. I want you to really dig deep on this one. <laughs> I want you sitting in that car. I might want some tears. I don't know. If you don't cry, I'm like, sure you got it. I kind of feel like everyone who's considering a relationship should do that then. Mm-hmm. Because then they know if I'm feeling this pressure to keep going down the relationship road, this is where it's going. Mm-hmm. So am I cool with that or am I just doing what the world is telling me to do? Right. And the byproduct would be that if you're a parent in Chuck E. Cheese and your kids are going crazy, you're doing someone a service because you're showing Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's it's good on both sides. Wow. You are doing a public service. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we've asked each other a lot of questions over the last three years of doing this. Yeah. That may be one of my favorite answers of all time. Just saying it right now, we should have, if we were shock jock DJs, I would have like an alarm (laughs) bell. I would have something going on to say, well done. (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes you got to dig deep. Also, maybe we should cut that part out and only offer it as a paid service for our relationship services business. Oh, that's true. You know? That's true. So if we did that and you're just now joining us again from the cutout portion. Sorry, you got to pay up. Yeah, sorry, you have to pay up. It was stellar advice. Look at the reviews. It says unorthodox (laughs) methods, but damn, they work. So just saying, TripAdvisor can't be wrong. (laughs) Yelp. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, if we do start a business, we'll be on Yelp. What will our reviews be like? You're never going to see this coming. (laughs) That's what it's going to be. Five stars. I can't even express in words what you're about to encounter. That's a good point. Yeah. And that's the way we want it. I don't want you reviewing our business. No. Don't ruin it for don't other people. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. So, I mean, I was honest. Yeah. Do you think that honesty is always the best policy? No. <laughs> no. No, no, no. And I think generally, because we are not used to it. No. As a society, no. we can't handle honesty. Can't handle the truth. No. That's why passive aggression is such a well-used tool in it the really world. Is. Yeah. Especially in this region. Mm-hmm. Um, Diabolical, as they would say. (laughs) Uh, I have to report that you watched Our Flag Means Death. You enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, if you haven't watched it yet, that was a wreck from Amy a few episodes ago. I don't know what you're doing. I also like the black beard called it Massive Aggression. Yeah, Massive. Basically, yeah. So yeah, no, I don't think that we're we're uh, capable of accepting honesty no, most no, of the time. You're I right. think we're going to hurt ourselves. Mm-hmm. Also, let's think about ego. And if we're being honest with heterosexual men, that is going to go very poorly because yeah. they cannot handle knowing our real reactions to sex. Oh, they cannot handle knowing our real reactions to that story that they just told that took two minutes that you can't remember a single detail from. Right. Um, they can't. Mm-hmm handle knowing that we don't know what their job is like in all of these things i think mm-hmm. and i i hearken us back to mm-hmm. a long time ago when we had a similar question posed to you uh-huh. and you said society would crumble it would and i stand by that mm-hmm. i think we just can't handle it no and certain segments of the population certainly cannot handle no. it no no it goes bad it would quickly go bad quickly and we know that when egos are bruised that's Rash decisions are made. Rash decisions are made a lot. Yeah. On a public, global scale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. International incidents is what comes to mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> an ego got toyed with. Yeah. Because someone got a little too honest. A little massive aggression. 
and yeah it's not good it's not good it's not good so i say instead we just commit and go with the art of fuckery yeah and you know can't be honest we're gonna have a proper fuckery proper fuckery i like it (laughs) i think that's the best way to do it Mm -hmm. i got another question for you yeah and listen no pressure but that last answer you gave was top notch it was good yeah so i don't know know. if we're expecting a lot or we got to keep our expectations low here right i'm expecting a lot okay all right so Mm -hmm. how do you feel about the phrase if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all i just want to change it a little bit okay okay i want to say if you don't have anything nice to say Mm -hmm. actually i don't want to say i want to take out the nice too okay if you don't have the energy and intestinal <laughs> fortitude to engage don't say anything okay okay energy and intestinal fortitude to engage don't uh-huh. say anything uh-huh. because it's not a matter of it has to be nice it's yeah. just especially as a female uh-huh. if you don't have the energy to defend your position even when it's something as simple as you like tampons better than pads yeah you don't have the intestinal fortitude to listen to a guy explain to you how that's oh, done. God. If you don't have the energy to explain your opinion for the 1,353rd time, for your own sanity, just don't just say don't. anything. That is okay. I feel like that's something that for a while sort of got a bad rap. Like just keeping your mouth shut yeah. feels like maybe you're being passive or yep. you're allowing certain things. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that's just self-preservation and there's nothing wrong with that. Ooh. Sometimes I choose to say nothing because... Why? Because we why? know the kind of reactions that will happen and the egos that will be bruised. Yeah. And so why do it? What's going to change? Nothing. What's, nothing's going to I don't change. have the intestinal fortitude no. to see this through. I don't have the energy. I don't have the will. <laughs> <laughs> so I am just not going to say anything. I'm going to disengage. I might nod, but that's probably yeah. just out of like, I need to because I realize I haven't said anything. Right. And that's it. That's it. That's it. It's what I like to refer to as gray rock. I was just going to say that, actually. But I was like, should I say that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gray rock. The gray rock approach. Gray rock method. Can we TM that? Yeah. Yeah. Gray rock. You are nothing. You're yeah. giving nothing. You're yep. getting nothing. You're gray rock. You're there. Which infuriates some people. It does. Which is great. But it's also really good at just ending things. Yeah. You don't have to have energy. You don't have to have will. You don't yeah. have intestinal fortitude to be a gray rock. Yeah. You exist and that's enough. So intestinal fortitude, does that mean that because you have a sensitive tum-tum. I do. So you're often making decisions to keep keep that tum-tum safe. Keep it, yes. But I also yeah. think it's 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 related to like the drive too. Like yes. if you don't have the passion, if this isn't something that Good you call. are like just gonna drive to the end with. Yeah. I don't I don't have Why it. bother? I don't have I'm sorry. It's twenty twenty two. This is a sad reality. I don't have the intestinal fortitude to mm-hmm. explain to you why your politics are stupid. Yeah. Because it's not gonna change anything. It's not gonna change anything. It's I just can't gonna... undo years of bad propaganda no. that you've watched. And all I'm gonna do is upset myself. Yeah. So no, it's not that I don't have anything nice to say. It's that I don't have anything you wanna hear. Ooh. So. And because you can't we know what an honest, if we were to be fully honest and tell what we think, mm-hmm. that is going to backfire Explosions. exponentially. Explosions. And then you have to internalize that and yeah. make your tum-tum less fortitude-ish. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not good for anyone. That was an excellent answer. Oh, I like you. that a lot. Okay, good. Well, I was feeling the pressure from the first <laughs> one, so I'm glad the second one lived up to it. Because woo! But I do agree. It feels like sometimes... 
people think like the path of least resistance is like weak or a failure or yeah. something. If we're not standing up for what we believe in every second of every day, if we're not yeah. fighting, blah, You're blah, not blah, being blah, authentic. Blah. Like, okay, listen, I'm authentic with the people I know and that I love and that I care about. And that's rational. Yes. It's not, you don't need to live your whole life being authentic with people that it doesn't serve any purpose. No. No, that is okay. Walls get a bad rap and sometimes they're there for a reason. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Because you can decorate that wall. You can. You can learn to love that wall. You know what? There's a lot of walls in my house I love. Love them. I love the bathroom wall. Yeah. I love my bedroom wall. <laughs> I love my closet wall. So when I moved into this house, my bedroom walls were painted red. And I was like, that's a bold choice. And I've come to love it. See? Didn't ever expect that. Didn't. But, but I fell in love with those walls. you go in there and be like, well, these are great walls. walls. Yeah. These are great walls. Yeah. Yeah. See? Good point. Mm-hmm. Whew. We had some hard truths. Hard truths. Hot takes already. Yes. Straight up. <laughs> we know the picks are just going to, you know, follow suit. And... As I got to thinking about my picks, I realized that all of them are almost about the absence of honesty yeah. or like thinking about radical honesty and be like, eh, no, yeah. no, we're going to pull on back from there because uh-huh. there's a reason uh-huh. because we talk about what happens with honesty. Uh-huh. So my fiction pick is called The Manning Tree Witches by A.K. Blakemore. Ooh. And this came out last year. Okay. So it is 1643 in oh. England. Oh my. The Puritans are popular. Good old repressive Puritans. You gotta love a Puritan. You gotta love them. Gotta love Puritan. There's also a lot of civil wars happening right now. Mm. I had to look this up because mm. I apparently there was a bunch of civil wars happening in England around this time over the span of three year, or ten years, excuse me, all between Protestants and Catholics and basically between the king and the pope. And each of the other side is calling like the pope the Antichrist and the king the Antichrist. So it's a, it's a whole thing. Okay? That's where we're at. Mm-hmm. Bold move to call the Pope an Antichrist, <laughs> oh, by yeah. the way, King. Yeah. That's a bold move. Bold move. I like it. Yeah. I mean, that is just putting it out there. You went for it. And I don't and I like that the Pope's response was you're the Antichrist. Exactly. Good job. <laughs> Original. That's why it took me a while, like, wait, who's who and who's calling because everyone's calling each other the, the Antichrist. Antichrist. Apparently there was a lot of them. I love that. Maybe we should bring that back as an insult. The Antichrist. You are the Antichrist. <laughs> Someone says it to you. I mean, no, I'm not. Well, that's what the Antichrist would say, isn't it? I'm just being honest. Yeah. I think you're the Antichrist. Christ, listen, I don't want to lie to you. You're the Antichrist. <laughs> it makes sense. It feels like we're talking about Satan and stuff yeah. again, so might as well just talk about Antichrist. Straight up now, tell me. Are Straight you the Antichrist? up. <laughs> listen, I will neither confirm nor deny. Okay, that's fair. So you're going to have to live with that. Okay. Okay. That's fine. So in the midst of all this Mm -hmm. Puritan good times, um, in a small town called Manning Tree, there is a lot of widows because a lot of men have died in these civil wars. And Rebecca West is our main character, and she's living with her mom, who is called around the town the Beldam West. And she's feeling very stifled and stuck. Um, Her only sort of, you know, enjoyment is being she's being tutored, tutored, excuse me, in reading and writing by a hot young clerk. John Edes, Eads, something. Then Matthew Hopkins comes to town. Oh, boy. So picture full-on Puritan goth black going on. Yeah. Uh And he takes over the main inn in town, and he is very pious, like super scary Republican (laughs) to an exponential level pious. Uh 
to a point that he's looking at all the widows and the women living on their own and the women on the margins. And he's kind of like the audacity of that. So witches, witches, obviously witches. Not that the the part that he played in the Civil War that caused the men to be gone had anything to do with it. They're clearly witches. Clearly witches. Clearly witches. So pretty soon, all of these men that are left over, kind of feeling hopeless, kind of feeling penniless, they start blaming all their troubles on the women. And Rebecca's mom is a prime target. And pretty soon, Rebecca herself is pulled into a mass sweep of witches in the community. Oh, no. So from there, like, we follow them through through jail, through courts, and, and all this kind of stuff. Now, I chose it for this theme because... At the heart of it, I think, honesty is too much for these men. Mm-hmm. They can't handle rational, logical explanations. They can't handle women doing things that are different from what they expect. So it's Satan fornicating mm-hmm. with these ladies, these loose ladies. Wow. That's but more than that, okay. yeah, okay. yeah, that's okay. that's the jump. Uh-huh. But more than that, as things keep getting more dire, as um, this group of women that are called out as witches are languishing in a horrific jail cell for a long time Rebecca is getting pressure from Matthew if she would just admit it if she would just give up her mother if she would just give up the other women tell them that they were all witches and that she was pulled into their evil plan she can be free Hmm. so it's obvious there's no interest in truth whatsoever only the truth that is convenient that supports Matthew Hopkins who by the way because of this becomes witch master general for England oh so he's traveling all around England. Yeah. Picking out all the witches. Get it. This is such a satisfying and fascinating book. And if you have any knowledge of like witch trials or like some of the frenzy around witches, you'll know where this is headed. But yeah. the joy is in there's beautiful writing. There's some really like um, interesting looks at some of the the aspects of public, you know, frenzy and oh. and the quickness of society to blame women or really anyone other for their problems. Um, and it, I mean, it feels relevant. Can never really escape the idea that if we're doing things without men, we're witches. Yeah. If we're a little too honest, it's a little witchy. That, that is witchy. Yeah. It's witchy behavior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Manning Tree Witches, I, it's, yeah, it's fast. It's a very satisfying ending too. Um, and yeah, I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy it. It sounds great, actually. Mm-hmm. It was my, there's a bunch of wheels turning in my head now. Yeah. Different things. Yeah. And I hadn't really thought, I hadn't really, it's kind of dumb because I think about witches and I think about the U.S. and how like we had the witch trials in the mm-hmm. 1690s, right? I didn't really think about the roots back in England and how, you know, the Puritans came mm-hmm. from England. So they were, you know, bringing that craziness mm-hmm. <laughs> over here, that like quickness to... Um, blame women especially for some of these issues and that that overly hypocritically pious nature yeah that is still part of our society today sure is that hypocrisy feels like it was built in from the start yeah yeah and And like you said no interest in actual truth like just whatever is convenient and works for the narrative is they'll make it work yeah molded into that Mm mm-hmm and Antichrist. In Antichrist, which is a fun thing to bo- folly around, I think. I sometimes think you're the Antichrist. Oh, I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you should ask yourself, would the Antichrist admit it? That's a good question. <laughs> right. 
real mind fuckery. <laughs> and now I kind of want your son Evan to listen to this and to start thinking, oh my God, is my mom the Antichrist? I hope he does. I hope he does too, because yeah. then, it, you know, mm-hmm. it's a it'd be a cool parenting technique. It would be. To admit. Terrifying. <laughs> I feel like in therapy in 20 years, that's going to be a real, the therapist going to be so like, she mom- said <laughs> she was the Antichrist? She really told you that. Ooh, yikes. Let's dig into that yeah, for another that year. It feels like it's sitting at the surface. <laughs> Well, the uh, book for fiction this week that I picked is called Embassy Wife, and it's by Katie Crouch. It was published in July of 2021. And I'm going to tell you right now that this is a cast of characters your summer needs. Whoa. Yeah. If you're looking for, like, uh, that's not even fair. I was going to say, like, deep. This is this falls in what I would say that they love to come up with, like, the beach reads category. Sure, sure, sure. Yep. Where mm-hmm. it's fun. There's a bunch of funny things that happen. You're following <laughs> these witch like, trials. Yeah. And yeah, okay, right. So this but is not, a little more. Yeah. yeah okay. Not to say you're not going to get something out of it. It's just a, maybe a little lighter fare. So we are introduced to Persephone Wilder. And I want you to think, like, picture perfect housewife, okay. right? Just always dressed, always made up, always yep. got dinner on the table. Perfect. Mm-hmm. She happens to be a genius who is basically posing as the wife of an American diplomat in Nambia. So she's followed her husband there. He's an American diplomat. She's smart, and she knows she has more to offer, but she's decided, well, this is how she can help, right? She's going to be this great wife. She's going to run, help run the embassy over here and get other wives in the mix, and it's going to be this great thing. And she deals with all of her husband's odd behavior because not only does she think he's an American diplomat, she thinks he might be a secret agent in the CIA. Whoa. So when he has to leave for days or misses meals, whatever, she's like fine with it because he's doing all this great work for the government. Because she's been there so long and because she embodies it, she's kind of the de facto authority on everything that makes a quote-unquote embassy wife. Oh, no. So here enters Amanda Evans, and she has just arrived in Nambia after following her husband, who is there working on a Fulbright project. Okay. So she didn't come entirely willingly. She had this great job in Silicon Valley. She made a lot of money. She didn't really want to leave, but this is her husband's dream. He had this opportunity, and she couldn't see another way around it. Mm. It was like separate her and her daughter from her husband for a long time or go have this experience. And they thought, you know, maybe culturally this would be great for their daughter, a different country, different culture, learn all kinds of different things. Um, She's, you know, middle schoolish age. But once they arrived, she realized that maybe her husband didn't actually come for the Fulbright project, that there's something else going on with him, and she can't quite figure out what. And before she can process any of that, before she can process that Persephone is on her to be perfect and to live up to a certain thing, her daughter is swept up in an international incident. And they are stuck begging for the American government to help her out of this. And they are reluctant because they don't want to mess up relations in Nambia. Oh, my God. And we follow these two women along with some other incredibly intriguing women in this story throughout these few months while they're trying to figure out what it means to be a wife, a diplomat, an American, and a parent. And they're struggling with what America represents in other countries now. They're struggling with how much their husbands have given up for it, how much they've given up for it, what it means to be a female in another country, what it means to really want to work more than be a wife or a mother. So there's a lot of interesting things that are at play there, a lot of interesting themes. But I picked it for this because all of the situations in this book need radical honesty. Mm -hmm. If each one of them was just actually honest about what they were thinking or feeling, 
they could get to some conclusions quicker. They could get to better resolutions for relationships. And they would probably all be a lot happier. And some of them do get radically honest in the book and some don't. So they all their stories kind of take some crazy paths in different places. And the reason I kind of prefaced at the beginning, like there is a lot of heavier themes in this, but the way it's done is following these women in Nambia where they're trying to navigate a whole different culture but they're still navigating all that parent bullshit of that stuff we do to mothers of like well you're not achieving this level and amanda's just so surprised to get there and find that this exists there too this hierarchy of how much you give to the school auction and what you do here and there and pick up how you have to be there at a certain time and it's all so fascinating and set in this other place. is It's an interesting take on all of that. So I loved it. I think you'll read it really fast. It's fun, but it also, I think it has some things to say. Yeah. But it was just a really enjoyable read. So basically moms can't escape all the bullshit no, no matter where they go. No, no. Great. Mm-hmm. So your desire, I imagine, every once in a while to just run off mm-hmm. somewhere and disappear may not work. No. That's no. a bummer. No. But, no. I mean, you're the Antichrist, so <sighs> at least you got that going for I you. I got that going for yeah. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. Does the Antichrist have a... <laughs> yes. I feel weird that we keep going with this. Like, almost sacrilegious. And I'm not religious. I'm feeling like a weird, almost Catholic guilt. And maybe it's uh, rubbing off of being your be. friend for it so long. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. God's going to strike me down. Yeah. Uh-huh. I forget what I was going to say. I was just going to say something more about you the Antichrist. You were going to ask if the Antichrist had something, but hmm. then... Yep, I don't know. It's gone. If you, I think what you're going to ask is, does the Antichrist have mind power? And I just demonstrated that I did. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so. I just impressed. shot down your question with mind bullets. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> so the man, the Antichrist can manifest like crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. If your follow up question was being is being the Antichrist <laughs> exhausting? It is. It is. It's constant work. It's constant work. Even a mother who's an antichrist has to put up with all the bullshit about mothers. Yes, I still got to be Instagramming all uh, my havoc. You still got to pick up in the carpool yeah, lane. Yeah, I still got to be uh. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Well, it sounds like a great book. It is. It was yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, I'm continuing on a sort of a weird theme. Okay. Uh, my other genre pick, it's a little bit of wild card, it's called The Middle Ages. A graphic history. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you added graphic history because I was like, is this a textbook? Yep, just going for a textbook. Let me try that again. The Middle Ages, colon, a graphic <laughs> history. Colon denial. The colon denial. I think you should retract the colon. The emphasis made it worse somehow. The You're Middle right. Ages, colon, <laughs> a graphic history. <laughs> what? It did sound more textbook, yeah. didn't it? Uh-huh. This is not a textbook. No, let it's me not. let me emphasize this. It's a graphic history. <laughs> yes, it is the size of a graphic novel. Okay, it's by Eleanor Janega with Neil Max Emanuel as the illustrator, and okay. this came out in 2021. So. This is fun, it is fascinating, it is eye-opening, and it's a look at times that is surprisingly still relevant. Yeah. So we may know the Middle Ages as the Dark Ages, the time that's like long past, and it's sometimes in our popular opinion it goes from like 500 AD to maybe around 1500 AD, Mm -hmm. so like a thousand years that we're just like, meh, you know, nothing important there. 
But there's a lot to know and a lot to learn. And so with this really cool, illustrative graphic novel style, we look at the rise and fall of different empires and the rise of the Pope and all the Catholic machinery we know today. And there's stuff about the Crusades and the Vikings and the plague. I was especially fascinated, maybe coming off of the last book that I just mentioned and seeing such an example of how religion is the cause of so much pain and death at the rise of the Catholic Church, because basically the Pope, one day, he just kind of told people, hey, I'm important. And a king, like an English king, was like, yeah, you're right, you are important. And boom, a thousand years of importance. That tracks. Yeah. It seems exactly accurate, We have a thousand years of deferring to this weird single dude who lives on his own in Italy, and all these men just follow what he says. So he's Rafiki from the Lion King. (laughs) And he started this whole weird cult underneath him of all these dudes, monks and monasteries and bishops and all the other words that I don't know. Yeah. Archbishops. Yeah. Yeah. All of them. Sure. Beyond that... I like, too, that the author takes a special look at those that are considered other during this time. Uh Because when we think about the Middle Ages, we think about Vikings, we think about the Pope, we think about wars and Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And that's probably why it seems kind of like both boring and in the past. Yeah. But here, she's like, what was life like for women back then? What was like life for Jewish people? How about gay folks? How about lepers? How about sex workers? Yeah. How about heretics? Spoilers, not that great. Yeah. But it's interesting because no one really tells those stories, right? If you read a history textbook, you're not learning about that. Uh So it's interesting that in that dissection of each of those sort of people that are considered other, you find a lot of similarities to what life is like now. Mm. So I chose it for this theme because when we look at history, I don't think we look at it honestly. Mm -hmm. I think we see it as a straight line of progress. Mm -hmm. And you and I were talking a little bit about this before we recorded. Mm -hmm. Like... We imagine like the Dark Ages were bad, the Renaissance happened, boom, things started improving, progress, 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 and how now we're here today and we're so much more advanced and we're all knowing and everything's great. Mm-hmm. And we only look at people that are deemed important, right? right? Not the people that look like us, no. not the people who have our lives and our experiences. No, absolutely not. So anyone, I think, you know. If you're politically aware at all right now, you'll understand that that straight line of progress is a lie. It's not honest. Like, it's always Mm -hmm. going forward and going back. Right now, it is majorly trying to go back. Mm -hmm. And it's always in motion. So looking back at this time that we've sort of just cast off as primitive is fascinating because there's a lot of basis, actually, for our modern society and a lot that we can learn from at that time. So if we're to be fully straight up, we need to know more of our history like this. yeah. And this is great because, like I said, it's illustrated. There's a lot of funny asides. You can tell she has a really unique way of looking at history. And there are many times, like with that story with the Pope, where she'll just draw a lot of dudes like, wait, who is this guy? Oh, he's important now? Okay. All right. And that's basically how history is made. Boom. I do remember when you were reading this, you sent me a couple of pictures from it that were hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Mostly about the Pope. Yeah. I just loved the idea that basically he just said, hey, I'm important. And then that became a thing for a thousand years. So if we had that confidence, who knows what we could do? Wow. Right? Hmm. 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 The thing is, there wasn't Twitter then. So Mm. not everyone was going out and saying, hey, I'm important. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Twitter's really. There was a lot less clutter back then. That's really screwed us in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Dang it. 
Well, I the book that I picked for other genre this week is called My Mess is a Bit of a Life, Adventures in Anxiety by oh. Georgia Pritchett. And you might recognize this name. She's worked on Veep and Succession, hmm. Street Next Door. She's a uh, writer. She's also ris- written some kids' books. This is just published in February 2022, and I cannot even tell you how much I love this book. I love the format. Uh, it is amazing. So it's like little paragraphs or essays, lines, some are longer, some are shorter, telling a story. Basically, it's her memoir, like from childhood to today. But all kind of around this idea that anxiety has always played a large part in her life, in her decisions, in how she's felt, and how she's perceived the world. But what I found amazing about this book is that all the different points in her life, the way that she, the language she uses to describe anxiety or to put you there with her was so eye-opening to me and unique. I feel like anxiety is something we talk about a lot. It's been written about a lot, but this was so different. She was so amazing at describing some of the physical symptoms and how that affects some of your decision-making. But it was so funny at the same time. It's funny. It's touching. It's so heart-rendering. I'm not lying to you when I say I craft. I lie. I craft. You crafted? I crafted. The Antichrist crafts. I crafted. Wow. And by crafted, I mean I cried and I laughed. Okay, that that makes more sense. I crafted, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I felt seen in so many places. Oh, that's wonderful. It is so great. She talks a lot about the writing process as well because she's an author. When I tell you that everyone's going to get something out of this because it's so funny, but it's also so radically honest. It's just her life and things that happened and exactly how she thought. She's not trying to dress it up and make it sound better. She's not trying to dress it up and make her sound su- herself sound super philosophical. Mm-hmm. She's just saying what it was and how she felt, and it's terrific. Um, I pulled out a quote. Mainly because this reminded me of you. Oh. And I thought you would really appreciate this. Let's hear it. Okay. Quote, I didn't like parties when I was a child because, well, who really likes parties? Mm -hmm. But one time I came back from a party and to my parents' amazement, I said I had a good time. (laughs) Why, they asked. She said, I had cake and I didn't join in any of the games. (gasps) This has very much been my approach to life. I think we're, we're, we're friends. And she doesn't know it. Yeah. Yeah. She had cake and didn't take part in any of the games. God, that was all I ever wanted. I, it's her approach to life. Yeah. I think we can adopt it. I will eat the cake. I'm not taking part in no, any of the games. screw your games. I'm going to sit over here. You can play your games. Yeah. I'm going to eat my cake. Yeah. And watch you. And watch you. That's wonderful. And it's just full of stuff like that. <laughs> just some great moments and times. And it's everything from her childhood through her adult life, through getting married to her wife, uh, their birth of their two children that she carried, and some of the, the struggles they had with that, with raising kids, with, you know, when a partner gets sick, all of these things. It is just... I loved every second of it, and I can tell you that there were parts that I read and then read again and read again because there, it seems so simple, but there's so much being said, mm-hmm. and I thought, man, this is amazing. And then I realized I, I didn't actually recognize the name when I picked up the book. I just thought the title was so clever. My mess is a bit of a life. Yeah. And I then when I she started talking about some of the things that she worked on I thought oh my gosh and I looked it up and I was like okay they're like some of my favorite shows so it's not a wonder that I like connected to the writing in a a book form either but 
so great so funny some of the things that she tells stories about she talks about being um because she's from the uk she talks about going to award shows in america as compared to like britain and how britain they're just like yeah you won but this isn't a party like you don't give a <laughs> shit and in america they're like oh my gosh you get everything like you're amazing well that seems very culturally yeah. appropriate it was yeah. there uh-huh. were so many things that you're like wow i didn't yeah wow it's terrific i really love that idea of you know, again, thinking about what radical honesty is, like radical honesty is is being seen, yes. you know, and, and maybe sharing some things about your life in order that other might pe- people might feel seen. Like, yeah. that's really powerful. Yeah. I love that. It was great. It was just so great. I think it'd be a great book you could pick up and just read little bits every once in a while because mm-hmm. they're, they're snippets. And yes, it's it's chronological somewhat in her life, but it's not like you would have to you know, be really invested in it, read it all at once. Mm-hmm. I, it was just so enjoyable. I kind of didn't want it to end. So it's great. Loved it. Loved it. I'm and probably my out. favorite title of, of things that I've read yeah. of recent. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I'm thinking again about the award shows. Yeah. And she was talking about how there you don't even get the award. It's like in a glass case. You can't even touch it. It stays <laughs> like with the Academy, you know? And yeah, it's it was just Now yeah. I'm just imagining like American actors going over to the UK and be like, Why is no one clapping? Why, why, why is not no getting one, like, like why, why can't I touch stuff? it? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, they don't have like swag and stuff. Oh Mm-mm. wow. Mm-hmm. So I wonder like when British actors come over here, if they like all the excess or if they're like they, I, at least to her description, there seemed to be a lot more like, ew. And this also, yeah. they're usually not as popular. And so the companies aren't as, they don't really care because oh. they don't want, like she was laughing because they didn't want her picture with the swag <laughs> gag because it doesn't do anything. Yeah, that them. sounds right. Yeah. You know, they want a movie star to be taking a picture with it. So, hmm. yeah. That's humbling. It is. But she's, yeah, everything about it was great. Excellent. Well, for pop culture. I've got uh, a little little thing that has some people familiar to us that we that we enjoy. Um, it's called "Those You've Known: The Spring Awakening Reunion," and this came out just not too long ago. I think maybe a month ago or so. And I think I've said before, I'm not a huge musical fan, but when I find a couple musicals that I really like, I really like them. <laughs> And Spring Awakening is one of those. And so, like, a little background, if you don't know much about Spring Awakening, it was a musical that came out in 2006, and it's pretty wild when you think about, like, what it is. It's set in 1890s Germany, a time of, like, high Christian oppression, Mm -hmm. a lot of Puritan-type stuff going on, and there's these teenage characters that are desperately trying to feel something. They're, They're fascinated and terrified of sex and of each other. There's no knowledge of how things work. They're just sort of fumbling together to try and figure out, like, what life is all about. It touches on sexuality, on depression, suicide, sexual abuse. There's graphic sex in it, which is very weird. And it's all with modern, like, rock music. Wow. With titles like The Bitch of Living and Totally Fucked. Yeah. So a lot going on. Right. And when it came out, um, at first it wasn't hugely popular, but then it won a shit ton of Tony Awards and it became this huge phenomenon. Mm. And the original cast all became stars. We're talking Jonathan Groff. We're talking Leah Michelle, John Gallagher Jr., Skylar Austin. So all of these people like made it into other shows, other movies, and we know their names now. Yeah. So it's been 15 years. And in the middle of COVID, uh, two of the former cast members, including Jonathan Groff, they decided to stage a one-night-only reunion concert. 
um, to benefit the Actors Fund. And so this special, which is on HBO Max, by the way, I forgot to say that, um, it's a behind the scenes of that reunion, as well as parts of the show that they put on, as well as documentary about the original show and how they've come back together and what it's like coming back together for these 15 years. Um, There's the creators, all the original creators, all the original cast are all there. They're being interviewed. They're in the production. Like, it's really, really cool. There's a lot of original footage, too. So you see what it was like, you know, back then. Oh, wow. It's this really cool, close look at how this very weird hit came to be and how all of these kids because they were all in their teens or or early 20s at most at the time how they came to be very close friends and and this you know unstoppable crew so I chose it for this theme because in the show the teenage characters are desperate for honesty Mm -hmm. like Venla is the main female character and she begs her mother to explain how babies are made and her mother won't tell her you can imagine what happens because of that. Yeah. Uh, Moritz, one of the male characters, he begs his parents to see him, like truly see him and not just care about his grades and what that appears to the rest of the community. Um, Melchior is another character who begs the, under- excuse me, begs the adults to understand how limited the Bible and the, the teachings that they're giving are. There's two young girls that are describing how their mothers let their fathers abuse them oh. and pretend it doesn't happen. So only together can this crew of teenagers sharing stories and, like I said, sort of fumbling moves towards masturbation and sex, can they come to some real honesty only with themselves? And there's a lot of shitty consequences to a lack of honesty in the show, um, especially between the parents and kids. And it's it's something that is still deeply familiar. It's still deeply haunting. Um, and I, I, as I was watching this, I was thinking about how we're still doing this. We're still banning books. We're still mm-hmm. outlawing, you know, sexual uh, contraception uh, and uh-huh. and abortion. How we're banning, you know, all these anti-trans laws. We are being deeply, deeply dishonest with our kids and pretending like everything's fine and that we're doing it for their own good. It's all of a means of repression for them. It's mm-hmm. all it's telling them a bunch of lies. So. I feel like the show, Spring Awakening, is still very important. And I loved this reunion special. I thought they did it so well. And it's really nice to think about that show in today's climate. And, uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I've already watched it twice. I oh. just love it so much. And, yeah, songs are excellent. See? Sounds great. And if you know any 90s music, Duncan Sheik, oh. he's the uh, the writer of all the music oh. in this show. So you get a feel for what it sounds like. Yes. Wonderful. Well, for my pop culture pick, documentary. Mm. It's on Netflix. It's called White Hot. Oh. The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Finch. Oh, no. And if you know 90s. Oh, God. I just got an image of a very tan, shirtless, gross douchebag. Exactly. Yep. Yes. You know this. If you grew up in the 90s, early 2000s, You went to a mall, you saw a shirtless guy trying to get people Mm -hmm. to come into an Abercrombie and buy their ridiculously overpriced Mm t-shirts. And this story, I, as a person that grew up then, I remember Abercrombie and Finch, and I even remember thinking, oh, that's kind of problematic. Like the guys, you know, but not at that age, at that stage of your life, you don't think any harder about it. And I was like, oh, okay. I probably had a shirt from there. I don't even remember. (laughs) But I know what a phenomenon it was, and I know that it played this big part, but I knew nothing about the actual company. 
This documentary is so interesting because this guy built an entire company on the idea of exclusion. And then when he got called out on it, he doubled down. Oh. And the whole thing fell on its face. And it is fascinating. It is funny. It is interesting. It's going to make you gag. But it's it's awesome in a way, too, that it's the story of, like, kind of comeuppance in a yeah. way. And, oh, Larry comeuppance. And it shows radical honesty in two different ways. It shows a guy who's radically honest with terrible opinions and things <laughs> that don't make any sense and how that goes for him. And it's also a story about people banding together and saying, I'm not being treated correctly and being radically honest about that and standing up so that other people don't yeah. fall by the same you know fate it is i'm telling you I, I loved every second of it i thought it was a great documentary I, it was so interesting i think growing up knowing about it you're gonna remember things and think oh my gosh yeah i, I totally remember that but i didn't have the context to understand what was really going on so it's an interesting look just even at the fashion world mm-hmm. and kind of how we let certain things take over and how quick we are as humans to all get on one bandwagon without any thought, you know, radical honesty about how this t-shirt costs, you know, 20 cents to make and you're paying $25 for it. I mean, it was just, and now you're going to find out in the documentary that there was college kids that were just making up these logos and sayings on the shirt. That was their job that they were just had to come up with a bunch of t-shirt designs and they would get drunk and high and do it because hilarious. And then they were selling like hotcakes. Like it's just, it's it's wonderful. That title, by the way, White Hot. Perfect. Amazing. Perfect. It is so perfect. So perfect. Just douchery at its finest. Oh my gosh, it is. And it is, it is just it is fascinating. I will tell you that. I love it was there's interviews with like everyone in there. People that used to work there, people that were models there, people that came up with the t shirts, people that and what's great is that they're all still super young because at the time they had these crazy <laughs> jobs and they were like 16. Oh I mean, it's amazing. Even the marketing execs. I mean, they interview females that work there and they're like, yeah, it was like my first job. And I, it was just a party all day. Like Ugh. it is something else. So I highly recommend it. It's not super long. It's not multiple parts. You know, they kind of tell the story and you get in and get out and you go, yeah, thank God. Woo. Woo. So I think I was in college when that came out. So I was kind of past the like, yeah, being attracted to it. I was more like, what the fuck is this? Right. Yeah. I didn't, I don't think, and I think growing up in a smaller area, I don't, we didn't have one. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, as prevalent, but I definitely, it definitely, you know about it. You definitely knew it existed. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting. It probably led a lot of men to have body image issues too. Oh, yeah. For sure. Especially all those guys out front just Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. pulling in people Mm -hmm. on the power of their abs. I mean, I'll just tell you that when they got called out, they went ahead and made some diversity hires, but they just put them in the back to stop. (gasps) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. People got hours solely based on their looks, even inside the story. That sounds right. It was something. Wow. Yeah. So take a look. Make sure you know where your dollars are going. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Hot takes today. Hot takes. Hot takes. 
Man, well, you know, I mean, we're coming in on Sunday and you're the Antichrist, so it should be hot. Should, should be, be hot. hot. We got a wide range <laughs> for you there of books, show. I mean, we got set. witches, we got embassy wives, we got Middle Ages. Middle Ages textbooks. We go all the way back <laughs> to the Middle Ages. It's great. I think you're set. You're set you for a, a couple musical? weeks until we come back. Yeah. With another 80s vibe. <sighs> Get ready. 80s vibes. 80s vibes. All the way around. I don't know what else to say, but, you know, yay, Paula Abdul. Thank you for this song. Get it. Thank you for being who you were. Thank you for your hair. Yeah. Thank you for the pop culture touchstones, which you gave us. Thank you for dancing with a cartoon cat. Maybe oh, man. Anything is possible. Oh, and thank you for that video that had Keanu Reeves. Ooh. Young Keanu Reeves. Thank you for Ooh-hoo-hoo. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Paula. Yes. We approve. Good job. Yeah. Straight up, thank you. (laughs) In the meantime. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Cause their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just. It's just fact. <laughs> and because now this is this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.